Good morning, everybody. That's it. I think my husband had put me on mute on my... Uh... <laughs> no, he didn't. I'm only joking. So good morning, everyone. My name is Alex, and I am the student minister here at Andover Baptist Church. And I'm really excited to be speaking to you all today, continuing this series, looking at who Jesus was, is, and what he means for our lives today. So far in this series, we've heard how Jesus was someone who wasn't afraid to upset the status quo, and we've learned about how he was someone who coped amidst the chaos. And hopefully, we're already learning things about Jesus, perhaps we didn't know, or maybe we had a different perception of. And today, I'm going to be looking at the way in which Jesus expressed and felt compassion for others. And I thought I'd start, as I often do, with a question. Are you a compassionate person? Are you a compassionate person? Perhaps it might be better if you ask the people who know you the best, if they think that you are a compassionate person. We don't have to do it right now, maybe do it later on, or, or if you're at home, you can do it right now. Um, I wonder what they would say. Would they say that you are sympathetic and understanding and kind and caring? Or would they say something else, perhaps? And compassion is an interesting word, isn't it? I think we might all have slightly different ideas of what it could uh, mean to be compassionate. And what I think is the kind of the best and most simple definition of the word actually comes from the root, the Latin root of the word pati, meaning to suffer, where we get the word patience from, and com, meaning with. So com pati, the word we get compassion from, literally means to suffer with. And I think that that is really powerful. And I want us to hold that in our minds this morning. One of the best uh, and most striking examples I know of this in my own life, of someone being compassionate, is my mum, appropriately being Mother's Day today. She has always been incredibly kind and compassionate to me. And she is here in the building this morning, so I have to say that. <laughs> now, I'm only joking. It is actually true, and I'm very grateful uh, for that. But actually, it's not just been in the usual way or the way you might think. Because ever since I've been uh, a little girl, probably ever since I was born, in fact, my mum has always been very in tune with me, with my emotions, even with my physical state and my health, actually. And uh, we were chatting uh, about this recently. And she told me how she could remember really vividly occasions in my childhood where um, I'd be off at nursery or at school, and my mum, who was at work, uh, would suddenly feel quite unwell at some point during the day, and it would kind of last for a little while, and then it would pass. And when she'd go to then pick me up from nursery at the end of the day, the teacher would say to her that actually I had been a little bit unwell at some point in the day as well, which was quite unusual. And actually, this continued into my adult life. I remember even in my sort of late teens and early 20s, when I got various sort of injuries playing sports, uh, broke bones and sprained ankles and things like that, that actually this continued. And when I, whenever I'd call my mum up to tell her I was in hospital or maybe awaiting an x-ray, she would always say to me that she had a sense that day that something wasn't quite right. And actually, this has also been the case for me emotionally. There's been so many occasions in my life 
where my mum has called me right in the middle of a bad day or when I just really need to speak to someone. And again, on reflection, she said she just had something come to mind or this feeling that perhaps I wasn't okay and that she needed to call me. Now, I don't quite know the reason for this. I don't think either of us do. But what I do know is that because of those experiences, my mum has been able to really sympathise with me. And I think that's because she's had a taste of what I've experienced. She has felt what I have felt. And in so many other ways, in fact, my mum has suffered with me during my most difficult times. Not just because of those kind of slightly strange, in-tune experiences, but because she has drawn alongside me. Because she has chosen to suffer with me. And to me, that is a great example of compassion. And today is a day, as we've already talked about, when we remember and we celebrate motherhood. And although it's not an easy day for everybody, I think that what we can all reflect on is at the heart of a mother, or this idea of motherhood, is compassion, of suffering with others, often with children. And that's the heart of a mother, isn't it? In fact, it's the heart of any parent or guardian or carer, because you choose to draw alongside those that you love. You choose to suffer with them. But I think it's often experienced in really acute ways in that relationship between a mother and a child. And it can be easy to think of compassion as being something that is loving and kind and amazing, which it is. But we might more easily forget that other side of it, that sense of suffering and pain that can come with it. And it's true, isn't it? We may feel and experience pain when we love and care for others. We can be in an incredibly vulnerable position, can't we? And I think because of this, we might sometimes shy away from being compassionate. And I think that's because being compassionate can be incredibly costly. And if anyone knows the cost of compassion, it's Jesus. And I want to look today at a story that we've already heard about this morning as Chris and Faith shared with some of the kids and young adults, that amazing story where Jesus and his disciples, they feed, miraculously feed the crowds of people. It's a story that we find written in the New Testament part of the Bible. It's written by a man called Mark. And it takes a place at a time, kind of a busy time in Jesus's adult life. Uh, where he's going around with uh, 12 disciples, 12 men that he's chosen to kind of work alongside him and travel with him. And they're often busy sort of meeting the needs of so many people who come to see Jesus. And, then in, this, and in this first part of the story, before Jesus goes and feeds the crowds, uh, we find Jesus and his disciples sort of probably having a really busy, a full-on day. Jesus has become really well-known in his region as this great teacher, He's a healer and a miracle worker. And so understandably, people flock to see him. So we find them at this place in the story where the disciples come back to Jesus. They've been off speaking to and ministering to people. And they come back to Jesus to regroup. And we're going to hear from the story now from Mark's account uh, that we get in the New Testament. I'm going to read directly from that text so we can hear how the story unfolds. And the disciples are referred to as apostles in this text, but they uh, mean the same thing. So let's read what it says. 
The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour, and they told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. And he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And so many people from all the towns ran ahead along the shore and they got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Imagine being one of Jesus' disciples in this scenario. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you've had many busy, tiring days at work where you've not even had time to have lunch, for example. They've been off, haven't they, helping people. They've been run off their feet. They've not even had time to stop and eat together. They are tired and they're hungry. And I love, first off, how Jesus responds to them, to their needs. He recognizes that they are tired, that they need to go away from the crowds and have that time alone. So he leads them off, doesn't he, to a solitary place, and off they go in a boat together. I think it's interesting here. Jesus could have been distracted by all the needs of the people who had been there that day. But he is also careful to recognize the needs of his disciples, those who are traveling around with him. And he acts compassionately towards them. And he takes action to meet their needs. After all, you know, Jesus is probably also tired and hungry. And he knows exactly how they are feeling. So they head off, don't they, for that quiet place to rest. But rest is not to be. Because the crowds of people have seen them leave. And they run along the shoreline, ready to meet them uh, when they're going to come in. And I imagine if I was one of the disciples in that scenario, my heart would have sunk we were, they were so close, weren't they, to getting some peace and rest. But now they are faced once again with hordes of people. It's probably the last thing they would have wanted. But Jesus' reaction is different. We're told that he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And I love that phrase. Here again, Jesus seems to be really in tune with the people here with their needs and their emotions. So much so, in fact, that he is able to put aside his own needs for the sake of others. And I think this is a remarkable trait that we see in Jesus time and time again. And it's actually, it's more than just being in tune with people, isn't it? He's emotionally moved by them, by the state of these people, these desperate people who have traveled far and wide to see Jesus they believe that Jesus has something to offer. And these people are vulnerable, actually. And when Jesus sees them, we're told that it's like sheep without a shepherd, which means that these are people in need of guidance, of protection and care, meaning even that they might be a bit lost, as sheep would be without a shepherd to guide them. I think Jesus is unbelievably moved by this. And I think he's really saddened by the scene of all these people. 
You know, I personally don't know what it's like to be a shepherd. Maybe some people listening and watching have experience of that. But I can imagine a different scenario of how I might feel if I saw a group of unaccompanied young children just wandering around the town. I would be concerned for them. I would be worried about their safety and their well-being. And I wonder if actually this is how Jesus might have felt. After all, Jesus is God, isn't he? He's God in human form. And actually God is referred to in the Bible often as a heavenly father, as a parent. And we are his children. So I like to think that Jesus would have had this heart of a parent towards the people that he met. Which is why he has such compassion for them and he takes action to meet their needs, even though he's probably tired and worn out himself. And he does this, doesn't doesn't he? First, by teaching them and giving them the guidance that they need. But then after this, as we've heard from the story this morning, Jesus tends to their physical needs as well. The fact that these crowds of people are hungry. And so there's this amazing miracle of when Jesus and his disciples feed the thousands of people that are in the crowd that day. And I think this story captures so well how Jesus is just someone of deep compassion and love and care for people. Not only does he seem in tune with them, but he seems to really feel what they are feeling. And I think there's another great reason for this, as as I've already mentioned. It's because Jesus knows what it is to be human. He knows what it is to be human. Now, this might seem very obvious, but there is something really profound in this. Because... Actually, not only was Jesus a human being who lived and walked on this earth some 2,000 years ago, but he was also God. He was God in human form. And God didn't have to take on a human experience, but he chose to. God chose to come to this earth and to live among us as one of us in the person of his son, Jesus. God chose to identify with the weakness and the vulnerability and the suffering of humanity. Isn't that incredible? And as a result, Jesus is the perfect example of what it means to be compassionate because he chooses to suffer with us. And if you read other accounts of the life of Jesus that we also get in the New Testament, discover that there is so much more depth to Jesus's compassion and that's because there is so much more depth to his suffering you know he knew what it was to be human in ways that we might never experience and actually I hope that we never will you know we're told that Jesus was tempted in all in so many ways but he never gave in to temptation we read that Jesus got tired and weary that he needed time out to pray that he got hungry. Jesus was both loved and hated by people. He was publicly mocked, humiliated, and time and time again, he came up against the unkindness and the prejudice of others, particularly religious leaders. Jesus identified with the outcast and those on the margins of society. He knew what it was like to be one of them. And above all, Jesus knew what it was to be completely heartbroken and to lose people close to him. 
In his darkest moment, when Jesus had been arrested by the authorities and would later be sentenced to death, all his closest friends, the disciples that we've been talking about today, ran away and they abandoned him. In fact, it was one of those disciples who had betrayed him for money in the first place and had him handed over to the authorities. Imagine how Jesus would have been feeling in that moment. And in fact, in Mark's account of Jesus's life, just before this story, we're also told that one of Jesus's closest friends and family members was killed. A man called John, who's also known as John the Baptist, uh, who was Jesus's cousin, was brutally murdered by the Jewish ruler of the region, a man called Herod. So Jesus has just found out about this piece of information when he's then surrounded by crowds of people who have those needs and wants. And I think it's really interesting that Jesus is carrying his own pain when he meets with all those people and he has compassion on them. I think this really gets to the heart of who Jesus was and who he is. And it tells us something amazing about the character of God. Because Jesus really feels what we feel. And he's not afraid to suffer. I don't know about you or me, I am afraid to suffer. I don't like pain, I don't like suffering. But actually Jesus was willing to suffer with others, even when he was suffering himself. And in many ways, that's what his life was all about. <clears throat> the reason he came to earth was ultimately to suffer for the sake of all humanity. Even for those who mocked him, who hated him, who ridiculed him. Even for those who beat and tortured him and nailed him to a cross. Isn't it incredible that the God of the universe would choose to suffer with us and for us in this way? You know, Jesus knows where you are right now, right now in your life and in your journey of faith. He knows what you have been through and he knows what you are going through right now. He knows all the pain, all the suffering, and all the loss that you have ever experienced. And he cares so deeply for you. He truly feels what you feel. And he chooses to suffer with you. You know, and although we don't always feel like God is close to us when we suffer, do we? We only have to look at the cross to know that this is a God who knows what it is to suffer. And he didn't have to suffer but he chose to, and he chooses to suffer with you today and whatever it is that you might be going through. And not only is he able to do this, to take on our suffering and our pain, but he wants to. He wants to draw alongside us. He wants to carry our burdens if we'll let him. I want to finish today really just by reading a poem. It's quite a famous poem. Uh, many of you might have heard it or come across it. It's called Footprints or Footprints in the Sand. I'm seeing some nods already. I remember being given this poem, possibly by my mum actually, when I was younger. And it really spoke to me and it's kind of stuck with me ever since. 
So I'm going to read it to finish. And maybe if you've heard it many times, I just hope that it might speak to you afresh today, wherever you are and whatever you're going through in your life right now. Uh, the authorship of this poem has been disputed, um, but I'm going to read a sort of edited version of it today. One night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with Jesus. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one belonging to Jesus. When the last scene of my life shot before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. There was only one set of footprints. And I realized that this was at the lowest and saddest times of my life. And this always bothered me, and I questioned Jesus about my dilemma. Jesus, I said, you told me when I decided to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way. But I'm aware that during the most troublesome times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I just don't understand why. When I need you most, you leave me. He whispered back, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever. During your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Let's pray together. Loving God, we just thank you for today. Wherever each of us are in life, in our journey of faith, you know us completely and you love us and you care for us. And maybe we're hurting today. Maybe today is a day that reminds us of pain and loss and suffering. Please draw close to us, Lord. May we see that you are a God who's not afraid to suffer with us and to suffer for us. May we see that you carried us during those difficult times and that maybe you're carrying us today. I just pray that your love and your care for each of us would just be felt in amazing ways this day and as we go into our week together. We give you thanks and praise. Amen.